My name is Sam Bradford and I'm a chartered financial planner and also a keeper of chickens in my garden. My mission is to help people have a healthy relationship with money, one where they can feel educated and confident to make their own financial decisions. Financial Chat from the Chicken Coop provides bite-sized financial education and nuggets of information so that you can be empowered and inspired to create financial freedom and build up your own nest egg for the future. Hi everybody, it's more Chat from the Chicken Coop. And as it's going to be International Women's Day very shortly, this is a special podcast all about being a woman in business, a woman working in Simplicity Financial Planning. So I am very pleased to be joined (laughs) by Rachel, who is my other advisor, and she is fully competent status now, so she's let loose to go out and give advice to anybody who needs advice. And how has it been for you since you joined Simplicity back in July last year? It's been very good. Yeah, it has been good. I, it's funny because I'm still quite early on in my career and I've had experiences of two very different financial advice firms so far. Really where I am now, it feels a lot more modern, a lot more forward thinking and the, the kind of financial advice I want to give. And we're an old female practice. It makes sense really to be talking about the differences on International Women's Day and that coming up, it's a good time to reflect on how different my life is now with my career. I agree. I agree. And you're right, actually. Being a mother-daughter firm is something that we should be completely proud of because it's not that many, I would say, women that have or, or, or mothers that have their daughters working in business to boot. It's a company that is predominantly male dominated as well. Although I know there are more and more women coming through and qualifying as financial planners, but I still see when I go on all the conferences, so you've mentioned it before, Rachel, as well, that there are so many men still and yeah. over a certain age. So to have you at the tender age of 25, even though I keep trying to tell you you're 26, because I know you're 26 this year, that's all I keep having in my head. I'm not going to age you super prematurely. Oh, it's okay now. <laughs> in my 20s, it's okay. But maybe when I'm, you know, 39, I might not appreciate so I'm glad that you're finding it a different experience since your last fellow where you work for a male boss who, yes. who's been in business a little while himself. But what I'm curious to find out is what advice would you now give to young women starting their careers? Oh, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because going through university, I think that you're going to have to go out into the, the big wide world and find a job. And it is very daunting. And I feel for all the young women that are coming into this world and trying to find a place for themselves. But thinking back to how I felt at that time, what I wish I could say, you know, to my younger self and also to any other young women is just really trust your instincts Mm. and trust your own work. Don't let anybody tell you that perhaps you're not qualified or compared to a male counterpart or any other counterpart, you don't measure up. Really trust that you know what you're doing, where you should be in your life Mm -hmm. and you should just throw yourself completely at anything that that comes your way and just believe in yourself. It's very true that believing in ourselves though can be something that is difficult because I think inherently, it's not just women, but inherently as a woman, we have this inbuilt feeling that we're not worthy, this imposter syndrome that I'm sure many people experience. 
And when you're then coupling that with looking around you and seeing lots of men in business, you perhaps feel that inferiority of why am I even trying to do this? Because actually for however many decades and decades that I can see that it's always been men. Mm. But what we've got to remember is that that's because of history. It's not that long ago that our poor mothers were tying themselves, chaining themselves to railings to give us the vote. And here we are in business unable to actually be successful. So I think we should be really proud of that. What I've come to realize, particularly as I do a bit of the coaching side now to my to my career, that men have just as much imposter syndrome as women do. It's very interesting. And I think that as time evolves, the, the evolution of how men feel about being more open and vulnerable will hopefully change as well. And, uh, and I see that when I give advice to people in business, it's really interesting how I'm then having deep, meaningful conversations around their money and it's intrinsically linked to their business. So if they own a business, how much they can save into a pension or support their family is absolutely linked to what profits they're getting in their business. And if there's any chink of doubt or concern, it is laid bare with a, a discussion with the financial advisor. And so that's what's allowed me to understand that. I know we're talking about International Women's Day and the things that are, are, you know, we find as women cause us concern, but actually it causes concern for everybody out there as well. It's interesting. And I think it's the perception as well. Although we have come a long way, like you say, that there is a long way to go still, I think, with certain industries allowing women to feel comfortable in those spaces and from your perspective then what advice would you give to young women just starting out in finance or any industry similar to you really Rachel never be put off by pursuing a career even if it may have previously been dominated by men that's just because of history historical situations Uh, the classic example I guess is is David your stepdad my husband who works for the national grid and he is encouraging young women to come and put their applications in to be field engineers, but he doesn't get them. He'll get a whole host of CVs and they'll always be men. I think that those industries like engineering still are very blinkered towards men. Not, it, and it's not a negative. It's just that I think we have yet some way to go. So my advice would be, When you go to school, depending on how good your careers advisor is, pick something to pursue that you are interested in and that you have a passion for. And don't be dissuaded by the fact that perhaps there seems to be a lot of men in that particular field at the moment. It only takes one or two brave people to think, I can do that and I'm not going to get intimidated by the fact that there's lots of men there. I'm actually going to do it my way and hopefully then the world will open up and all these different careers will be available for everybody. It's not that it's not available now, it's just that there's not that many women that go and put themselves forward for it. I love that. I think that's great advice. And I think, like you say, bringing up school, I was just thinking, how early does this start? I spoke about university and starting to think about jobs that we need to encourage young girls to, you know, be involved in STEM subjects, for example, Mm -hmm. and tell them that they can be more than creative and artsy. And actually their brains are just as powerful and analytical and scientific as men's can be, as boys can be. So I think from 
when we're talking to the young girls in our lives at a really young age, it's, I always think it's lovely to emphasize talking about their achievements, how clever they are, the way their brain works, rather than just, that's a beautiful dress, or your hair looks really pretty today. Because even from toddler age, that does start reinforcing, actually, it's about how I look. It's about how I talk to people. It's about how I conduct myself. When actually, if we're telling young girls, you've got a great brain, then it plants that seed for them to think that they are unstoppable because they are unstoppable. Do you know, that's really interesting that you say that because here I am in a career that I pursued right from an early age. So I didn't go to university as my parents, your grandparents didn't actually realize what they were allowing me to walk away from at the time. And I don't blame them for it. It was just the situation we were in. So I was on track on a grammar system to go to university. And the moment I was just a bit unsteady and I don't know why I was, but I, I was, I wanted to travel actually. It was more of a, a need inside of me that I wanted to see the world. I only made it as far as Mallorca as a holiday, <laughs> but still, it was a great year and I enjoyed every second. When I came back and worked in the bank, it really reinforced what I loved, which was problem solving, dealing with numbers. I'd, I was taking physics and um, chemistry and maths at one point, although I switched to geography, found maths a little bit too hard at A-level, but it was very mathematical, methodology-driven type subjects, which is interesting now as an advisor, because it is very much scientific. You start off with a problem and you then put the plan together and you almost build the method, don't in the conclusion at the end, yeah. which is, this is how it will translate into your finances in the future. So there's a lot of similarity to the subjects I loved doing at school and what I do now. Why am I telling you this? I know there's a reason that I, I, I think it's, it's interesting to see that path that you've taken throughout life. And I think it's also worth saying though, that, that it's not that young girls who are creative and do want to pursue the arts, that it's bad. It's about not limiting. One thing I've realized is that you can be creative and actually have a mathematical left, left brained can be uh, complimentary. Really complimentary. Yeah. I, and, and that's why I have my little creative corner over here with all my bits and pieces, because I want to sometimes just focus on being more mindful and creative and write things out rather than be tapping on a computer, because that can be very shut off and left-brained. And there are times I need to be tapping into the right-hand brain, which is why the program I run is the Wealth Canvas, because it's about actually being able to dream big on a blank canvas and not be restricted by anything. I want to come back to what you said, though, about the fact that the telling yourself that you have a good brain or having that reinforcement that you have a good brain, your grandparents would often refer to me out the family member as the one who was the academic one, you know, mm. in the comments. So isn't that interesting how actually I then did pursue a career that was going through professional qualifications. So yeah. I wonder if there is a little bit of that, that I never had that limiting belief. I couldn't go ahead and cut it in a, a masculine world. Well, I didn't know that as you know, well, you were raised in that way and I was raised too. So it's interesting but you know it's I always love hearing about how you've come to here in this career path that you've had and it hasn't been this kind of linear going to university and then starting off it was mm. you took your own route that made sense to you but my question to you is aside from not going to university mm -hmm. what would you have done differently if you could in your career as a woman in finance that's a really good question I was gonna say I might have started my career in financial advice sooner I had an opportunity actually at a very young age, I was about 19, 20, and they were going to put me forward. And I didn't believe in myself, I don't think at that point. I can't remember why I decided not to do it, but I didn't for whatever reason. Yeah, I, 
What else would I have done differently? I've been really lucky because I've been able to, I've been able to be in all, in an all male team and not feel like a fish out of water. I would have stood up for myself a little more sometimes. So there've been occasions in my career where I've been told my clothes were too brightly colored. I'm sitting here now. If you can't see me, I've got <laughs> matching, red, <laughs> we've got lots of red, big bright fond red going on today. Haven't we? A very bold color. Absolutely. I was told that it was too bright on my clothes that I was wearing and I didn't stand up for myself in those days. And I suppose I also perhaps wanted to shrink into being more masculine in my appearance. That's interesting. So the sharing suits and yeah. And also, oh, dare I say it, feeling like I needed to fit in by being the last at the bar if we're on a social event, because it was always what's going to happen if I go to bed early or, or I'm going to miss something here because... I think subconsciously, perhaps not being in the majority, I needed to make sure that I was always there right to the end. So maybe I would have done that differently. It's so interesting to me, this idea that we're talking about women do need to believe in themselves and that they can break into this industry, but there is still a long way to go. But this idea that women can wear clothes and they can be feminine and floral and girly, and it doesn't make them any worse at doing their job. They don't need to wear a grey suit in order to be the best financial advisor they can be. It's you know, so true as well. And that's something with my coaching, because I'm, as you've become a certified women's coach now, so learning how to manage energy levels, we should have learned that early, actually. That's a good one. That's one I wish yeah. I had earlier. Setting boundaries, learning how to say no to things, knowing when your energy is at its absolute maximum and you can't take on any more, you've like, you know, just got nothing left to give. I would push through and I would push through into overwhelm and then that would then not be a pretty sight at home because that's when you flip your lid and explode yeah. so if i'd have learned how to manage my energy levels better earlier on that would have been great that's so important not just in business in life yeah you know, when you're running a house and you have children you have to have boundaries are so important oh completely and love yourself as well you now as in be treat yourself with self-respect as you would others and, and that's the thing, like go to bed at a reasonable time. <laughs> Eat sensible things. We're all working on that still, I think. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Rachel, I'm going to ask you a question before we wrap up about what you find is your favourite thing about being a woman in this industry that we're in, financial planning. It's a really nice question. I think that, as I said just now, we do have a long way to go and it is easy to focus on the negatives and we are still paving the way. But. There are advantages to being a female financial advisor. I think my favorite thing is when I'm talking to female clients and you really get that moment of almost relief where you can relate to what they're saying. You can talk to them about things like maternity in a really non-judgmental and understanding way, how to afford these you know, milestones in a woman's life. Just recently, I was talking to a, a female client who was quite high up in Bedfordshire Police. And I thought about how she is in a very male dominated industry as well. And there we were talking about, I was there talking about pensions, very complicated stuff. And she was there talking about her amazing, varied career in this male dominated industry. And it was, I think it was a relief for both of us to be talking to another woman. I think that as a female client, money is very emotional and I love that I can talk to a female client really on their level mm -hmm. in a way that a male advisor may not be able to. 
Yeah, I agree. Because we've got that relatable experience. And even though your tender age, you wouldn't have gone through something like menopause symptoms, but you understand what it's like for a woman to have emotional mood swings. And that's something that you can bring to that. And it's that release. And we shouldn't be afraid to talk about these things. There are more and more menopause coaches out there and, and helping to educate industries and, and corporates to really look after their women in the workplace. It is no coincidence that as women go in later into their careers um, and they get past the ages of menopausal age, basically, so late 40s, 50s onwards, you don't see as many of them in the senior positions because of some of the symptoms that make them shrink back. So it's it's such an important area that we focus on. How we've just gone from that from being a woman in financial flow. Well, let's flip it back know. then. Let, let's find out what, what's, like you said, we are at very different stages in our lives. And also we're in different stages in our careers. You have a lot more experience as a financial advisor than I do. So I want to hear what your favorite part is of being a female financial advisor. Oh, I think the same, actually. But yeah, in, interestingly, you're right. 20 plus years now, I've been doing this particular role. And obviously, I'm, it's my two. I'm certainly 20 plus years older than you. gave birth to you. But that's the thing that I really love is the ease of being able to have a conversation as another woman without the judgment. And that's really important. I'm not saying that men are judgmental at all but what i'm trying to get across here is that um women may feel differently sat in front of certain types of people and if you can let the guard down and you can have a really nice discussion around all areas of your life which will impact so it doesn't have to be all purely financial it's the external things that are going on in someone's life that are causing concern that people feel that yeah this is a safe space this is where i want to let off steam and be able to talk about my concerns i guess we are melting a bit of life coaching in here with the financial planning but the way we do money is the way we do everything in life. Mm-hmm. As I've said to you before, you know, that the way we show up around money, the emotions that we hold around money have been with us as a blueprint since we were young children. They really have. And so that's why some people go into primeval mode of not wanting to even talk about money because they're in this, they're in this freeze mode or the or fight or flight mode that we find ourselves in. So actually... If you ask me what's the best thing about my job, my role, it's when someone says to me, I've never been able to talk about this before. And this has made it really simple to, for me to understand. And hence why we called the company Simplicity was so that actually we could spell out to people that we don't have to make things complicated. Actually, it's just about having a conversation and for us to get underneath the skin of another person feel like they're being heard yeah and it's only by being heard yeah we can then provide the solutions to their problems and, and hopefully make them feel better about themselves and then about the future they're building as well and it's important to talk about this on international women's day it's not something shoehorned in because i do think that many women don't feel like they have that space to be heard they are carrying the burden of their family and i do think women have more of an issue speaking up. So I think that it is very relevant to what we do, really important. We could probably talk about it for another two hours because I know how passionate we both are about it. And I love that we can 
come at it from such a different perspective to a lot of other financial advisors. Not only can we use our own experience, but we're really empathetic about our female clients' experience as well. Yeah. And I guess we ought to say that whilst we're talking here on this particular podcast, all about International Women's Day and our experiences, simplicity is open for male clients as well. We don't turn around and say, sorry, you are not allowed in because you're a man. We we have some fantastic male clients in our uh, in our client. It's, I think it's fair to say there's unique problems facing men and women. Oh, completely. And mm. what we offer is that softer approach. So the feminine side really works with the empathy, the authenticity that we want to show. And again, I want to, for transparency, explain that I have some amazing other financial planning cohort colleagues, other business owners, whatever you want to call them, who run amazing businesses. Other are every bit as empathetic and authentic as we are. But we have that uniqueness that we are walking the walk. We are women in this world and we just want to help, really, don't we? That, and that won't be a novelty. Soon enough, that will not be a novelty, being female financial advisors. But for now, we are still in the minority and we need to celebrate it because it is something to be celebrated. Exactly. So on this, we'll wrap up our <laughs> podcast for today and for this year, 2022's International Women's Day. I want to celebrate us, Rachel. Mother, daughter, financial advisors, for simplicity, financial planning. <laughs> I think we need to, I don't know, should we do a high five? Just do it. Bring it on, girlfriend. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. We look forward to recording our next podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs>